This is Channel 253. In this episode of Crossing Division. I'm 40. Mm-hmm. I am degreed. I am well-traveled. I am cultured. Mm-hmm. I'm done with that. I'm done proving myself. I'm done trying to make you think that I'm good enough. I'm a good enough Negro uh, to 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 lead in your space. This is our space. And whether you tolerate me or not, whether you like me or not, I am going to lead because that's what I was created to do. Mm-hmm. And I want to lead in partnership with you. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. Hi, this is Evelyn Lopez. Today on Crossing Division, we have a treat for you. As you probably know, if you pay attention to things, and why would you ever be listening to this podcast if you didn't pay attention to things... Our 27th Legislative District Senator, Jeannie Darneal, has announced her retirement, and there's been a process going on for about the last month to replace her. And it's been kind of fascinating. Uh, We have gone from initially seven interested candidates uh, down to, after the vote last weekend, from the um, 27th District... um, PCOs down to three nominees. One of them is here with us this morning, Desiree Wilkins Finch. Desiree, welcome to you. (sighs) Thank you. It's been intense, hasn't it? (laughs) It has. And it's gone so fast. (laughs) Yeah, it's been like 20 days. (laughs) Yeah, it's wild. So this podcast is an opportunity for people to get to know you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, first as a person, you know, sort of what are your motivations? Where are you mm-hmm. coming from? And then kind of some policy ideas of like, if you were in the Senate, mm-hmm. what would you be focused on? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, and uh, if there's ever anything I ask that you just think, well, that's a stupid question. Ah! <laughs> you should feel very comfortable saying, I'm not going to answer that, but I'll answer this yes, instead. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Just some background now. Mm-hmm. So tell me, Desiree, what's your current job mm-hmm. and what school is closest to you? So you get an idea oh, of where, what neighborhood you're in. Oh, that's wonderful. So um, currently I am the principal consultant and owner of RISE OWP, RISE Leadership with Purpose. Um, I uh, offer um, executive coaching, um, organizational development. So I do a lot of strategic plans with the equity framework. Um, I, I don't separate diversity, equity, inclusion out anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get people to see that it's, you know, it's one thing and that they can uh, uh, achieve diversity, equity, inclusion through their strategic planning. So that's kind of uh, my focus. And, and, and again, exec, executive coaching. Um, and the school that's closest to me is Bose Elementary. Okay, mm-hmm. excellent. Yeah. Well, and let me say on this idea of not carving out the diversity, um, mm-hmm. inclusion, and equity, I think that's really wise mm-hmm. because too often I think companies and individuals think that that's just a separate yep. thing, mm-hmm. and it isn't. Yeah. It has to be part of your Absolutely. whole mm-hmm. culture and work system plan, your, and work plan, your evaluation everything. process, everything. I, I jokingly say to clients, you know, if you if you want a training specifically on implicit bias, I'll, I'll do it. But you're still going to be racist after this training. Yes, that's right. You know, and until you're addressing the policies and the systems um, and the culture 
of the organization, you're still going to be racist. And so they laugh, and then, <laughs> and then they hire me. <laughs> Which is good. Which is good. Well, tell me a little bit, where did you live before you landed in Tacoma? Oh, wow. So I'm originally from Chicago. I'm from the south side of Chicago. Um, and I was an organizer um, and had the privilege of working on some what they would call like international campaigns. And so I was on the road for about five or six years organizing hospitals. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, after being kind of based in Chicago. And um, then uh, actually met an organizing director from SCIU 1199. And he's like, come to Seattle. And I said, there are no black people in Seattle. Right. I'm not coming to Seattle. <laughs> and he said, uh, yes, there is. You know, come to Seattle. You'll love it. It took me about six months, but I made the decision. And I came here and I worked for, he was actually moving from 1199 to 925 mm-hmm. at SEIU. So I came and I started with SEIU 925 and lived in Renton and then Des Moines. And my husband and I were looking for um, homes and uh, we were up late one night and uh, on Redfin, and we said, oh, my God, look at this house. It's in our budget. It's key turn ready. It has all the things we want. And we sent it, sent a bu- that one and a bunch of others to um, my realtor. She texted me back that night. It was 1 a.m., and she said, oh, so you ready to go to Tacoma? Mm-hmm. We didn't realize that it was Tacoma. The, the settings um, uh, didn't readjust. And so um, then I met Victoria, and the rest was history. Yeah. Yeah, you really landed on your feet. You did amazing. Thank you. I can't believe it's only been five years that I've right? been in Tacoma, but I've been in Washington for 10. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm just curious. So coming from a background in Chicago mm-hmm. where there is a huge, vibrant, healthy mm-hmm. black community, mm-hmm. was it an adjustment coming oh to God. Washington? I yes. mean, we don't really have... That kind of depth and flavor yeah. here. We've got little pockets, but mm-hmm. not really. Yeah, absolutely. And it still is, you know, mm-hmm. 10 years later, you know, the simple things like finding someone to do your hair. Right. Um, uh, finding where you can purchase the hair products at, you know, and, and, and even on the more serious side, I can remember um, when I was, I was I was actually working for a le- SEIU 1199 at the time and a girlfriend came to drop something off. Um, and I couldn't make her out. It was my vision was blurring. She says, you need to go to the hospital. Uh-huh. And I, I was rushed to the hospital and my sugar, I found out I have I had diabetes and my sugar was like seven, eight hundred. Um, and I had just left my doctor mm-hmm. a couple weeks earlier complaining about tingling in my legs. So you had seen a doctor. I had seen the doctor. He was a young uh, white guy. And um, all he had to do was order a blood panel. Why? He said, you know what, we'll just monitor and see what happens. And I said, yeah, but I'm having this tingling and just weird things are happening that have never happened to me before. And I'm just, I'm concerned. And he said, well, we'll just monitor it. And a couple of weeks later, I was rushed to the hospital. So just things like that, not mm-hmm. having a doctor who was mm-hmm. uh, who is aware of the things that could potentially plague, you know, an African-American woman that may not be the healthiest and overweight in the right. age I was at. It just it it, sound, it sounds so elementary that he would just order a blood panel. Yeah. So when I say it, it has been a challenge. And I have an amazing doctor now. Doctor uh, Margaret Talawawi is amazing. Um, but it took ten years to right, to, to, to get, get to that. her to mm-hmm. to find that to find a doctor who understood understands black health, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the disparities of what happens to black women when they go to the, the doctor, you know. So it it's been it's been an adjustment. And when I sometimes I say that to people who, you know, have not had the the privilege to to leave and experience black culture in other places, sometimes it sounds offensive. Mm-hmm. 
And it's not offensive, you know, but, you know, I jokingly tell the story about how when I first came here, I went to an African dance class. I was the only black one there outside of the teacher and the drummers. And it was like, there's just some spaces that should be sacred for us. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, uh, Kelly, the former poet laureate, she held a, a space of black healing um, one day and, and there were for 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 women of color, especially for black women, other women of color. And there was these uh, two white women there who just refused to leave, you know, and then complained that we didn't create a sense of belonging for them. Mm-hmm. You know, and so those those are the yeah. challenges that I've had yeah. being in even, you know, in the labor movement. I went to a, 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 a function where uh, it was it was all it was for, for women at, at lunchtime. And one of them stood up and said, isn't this great? Frequently, I'm the only one at the table. And I was just sitting there that, like, oh, I wonder how that feels. And mm-hmm. there was no recognition to the fact that, yes, that's an issue. Yeah. But there's also a concern that we need to create a sense of belonging for women of color, you yeah. know, in the labor movement. So I'm excited to see folks like April Sims and Sharika just leading the way mm-hmm. um, in the labor movement. So. We are really in a moment where we're just seeing things. Yeah. Popping open, mm-hmm. which and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Well, this kind of follows on some of that a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, give me an example of something that you think of now mm-hmm. as kind of a formative experience or a memory you have of something that um, may or may not have been significant at the time, but you realize mm-hmm. now kind of really shaped who you are. Ooh, that's a great question. Something that shaped who I was. Which 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 thing would I pick? Oh, there's at? probably which a lot in my life. You know, I've had you know I had an entire career before I moved um, uh, to Washington, and I sometimes have to remember that there. You know, I've been here ten years. Mm-hmm. But let me think. Something that oh, you know, you know. Oh, Evelyn. Oh, Auntie E. <laughs> You know, I I am gonna gonna say that there was there was um you know, I I love I love the fact that the foundation of who I am is labor. Mm-hmm. You know, um I never in a gazillion years thought that I would be a part of the labor movement or that would be a part of, you know, who I am, but um and and it was hard, you know, <laughs> knocking doors and, you know, working in healthcare and having to talk to workers at three o'clock in the morning and nine o'clock in the morning and get that that mid shift. You know, it was it was challenging, and um, and I didn't necessarily feel that I had the support to be successful, right? Um, and I'll never forget a colleague of mine, Shaba Shaba Andrich. Um, I was working on his campaign, and um, I was bringing in authorization cards like that, you know. And then one day I was just like, you know, everybody else ain't necessarily working this hard. Maybe I need mm-hmm. to just turn it down a little bit. And I did. And I came into the debrief, and, I, you know, you could my numbers were low. And, um, and he was not happy. And I was angry. You let them come in here. And and be that, but I can't do that. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. And I was angry, and um, we stepped outside into the hallway, and he said to me, um, he told me, he said, "Get your shit together." Mm-hmm. And he said, um, "If you want to make it in this, 
I don't care what it looks like, what it feels like, you set the standard, you know. You always win, you know. You never, you never take a step back because you think everyone else is mediocre. You set the standard and you and you go in there and win every campaign. And I'll never forget we were in California working on a campaign. And, you know, I was an organizer. I was hired as an organizer. I didn't come up through the I wasn't a rank and file member. And frequently white organizers and leadership would think that I was a member. Mm-hmm. And and I can remember Shaba going off. You know, like, yes, we honor our members, but she's not a member. She's an organizer and she should be leading this team. And it was just like, you know, watching him do that, you know, uh, coupled with the conversation that we had, he was like, and she's good, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, and I think and the, the reason why that was so monumental for even who I am now was because I frequently don't fit the box of of what. Folks want me to be in this white supremacist construct of professionalism, for mm-hmm. instance, right? Um, I have had to learn how to be authentically black <laughs> and who I am um, and still win and still yeah. get the job done, right? And I know that that has made people uncomfortable, right? But there have been uh, there have been times when I have seen folks stand behind, support, and work for mediocre white men. Oh yeah, with with, with without any problem. But my leadership and the way I show up can be agitating for some people. Mm-hmm. You'll take that all day, every day. But because I say no, or but because I say ouch, or because I say help, it's a problem. I do great work. Mm-hmm. I was taught to do great work at SCIU 880, mm-hmm. right? Shaba Andrich. Uh, um, and there are a lot of other organizers who imparted in me, Um but that it just resonates with me so much now in this process yeah. um, of, of, of out here getting trying to get support. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be palatable for you. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, it, I, it, it may it may choke you a little bit swallowing. Right. Yeah. But I'm always going to be authentic. I'm always going to work hard and I'm always going to have humility in doing it. This is one of those things, though, that it's kind of a two-edged sword, isn't mm-hmm. it? So, I mean, this makes you outstanding mm-hmm. because you are motivated and you are driven mm-hmm. to win and to yeah. be the best. And you are outstanding. But that's also a hell of a burden. Mm-hmm. I mean, that burden of exceptionalism that I think probably every black woman has. Mm-hmm. But especially, yes, if you're in professional spaces and you're constantly under the eye of mm-hmm. people who may not know you mm-hmm. and may not be comfortable with you. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, it, it it is a lot. And, you know, there were times when um, things would happen and I didn't have anyone to turn to. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you figure it out. Well, you're on your own now. And, you know, I just I don't I'm not that kind of leader. And when mm-hmm. I look at, you know, some of the, the younger folks, you know, I have a, a very young team. And when I when I look at them, you know, when we end our meeting, we ended on what do you need from me? You know, it, it whether it's a thing, right, or support or a, a different style in leadership. Did I say something that really didn't give you, you know, what you need? Like, that's just the type of leader I am. So I just I just struggle at the fact that some of the people who I honor, like I honor the work that they've done. I'm just not quite sure if they see um, uh, if they see that, you mm-hmm. know, that. You know, y'all support white mediocre leadership all day long. Yeah. You know, but what's what is what is the commitment 
And, you know, this is private conversation that, you know, we have as, mm-hmm. a, as a community, as a family. But what is the commitment? What is the plan for us as a community to be great? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the plan? I want to be a part of that conversation. I don't give a shit if you don't like me. <laughs> I, I may prefer it. Right. right? <laughs> but and I think that some of that, you know, that, that Chicago energy is it's not about whether or not we like each other. It's about the respect <laughs> that we have for each other. And, and we and we know that we have the ability and the tools, the resources to make changes and impact the people out here mm-hmm. so that their lives can be transformed and changed. So so. That that's the type of conversation that what you know whether I win or not. Of course, you know I, I want to win, and I'm, I still got a lead, right? right. I'm right. still here. What is the commitment that we have as Black leaders, as as women of color leaders in this community, to ensure that everyone has equitable access and resources so we can win as a community? Mm-hmm. Unless we all win, it's not a win. Yeah, I mean this is just true facts. True facts, right here. Mm-hmm. If your black community, and especially your black women, Mm -hmm. are successful, everyone in that community will benefit. Mm -hmm. It just bleeds out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, why did you decide to apply for this Senate position? I mean, it's kind of a a leap of faith to jump into this this, uh, arena. Yeah. Um, You know, I had heard that some friends were running and a couple folks reached out um, for support. (laughs) And um, they were all, you know, great people. I Mm -hmm. have the utmost Mm -hmm. respect. Love them dearly. Um, they're all white cisgender men. Mm-hmm. And just something just happened on the inside of me when I was just like, no, no, I'm not going to support you. Mm-hmm. Love you. But no. Right. If you're my friend, like you say you are, you should be asking me, Desiree, what do you need so you can run? How do I support you? Mm-hmm. So you shouldn't be saying me, 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 me. You should be saying you, 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 you. And I'm not hearing that. So, no, I'm not supporting you because I'm running. Mm-hmm. And it happened just like that. I was like, oh, shit, I'm running, huh? <laughs> okay, well, let's do this. All right, well, what's the strategy um, that we're going to have, you know, so we can get to find in there? What's the strategy so we can ensure that this ticket is brown? Who's talking about it? Come on, mm-hmm. let's talk. Nobody? Okay. No. And people were like, no, you're the strategy. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's, it's your platform. So what are you, you going to do? Because you can win. Um, and I still, I still, it still hasn't really like, you know, dawned on me that that this is what's happening. Um, but I'm here, mm-hmm. and I'm not going anywhere. Um, and so, um, you know, the victory for me was when I saw those three brown, brown faces, you know, uh, in the news in the uh, the TNT uh, mm-hmm. article. Right when I saw that article, like that was the victory for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want more victories like that. You know, I want to collaborate not just with elected officials. I want to collaborate with the consultants. I want to collaborate with the staff who writes the policy. I want to collaborate with the 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 uh, the other the lead, the lead, the uh, assistants on on these campaigns and in these roles. Like the only way we can be successful, I believe, is if we all come together at the table and plan out what is our strategy for the next five to ten years to right. ensure that people of color, black folks, are in leadership in this state. Did you ever see there was a PBS documentary quite a few years ago now, because I think I watched it, you know, a good 15 years ago, but it was called The Road to Brown. Mm. And it was about how the attorneys, Thurgood Marshall in the lead, Mm -hmm. strategically figured their plan Mm -hmm. to desegregate schools. Mm -hmm. And it started with 
let's get someone into college Mm -hmm. and then this college. And it was just, it it was mind blowing to me. I don't know why, because I'm dumb about stuff sometimes, but Mm. things don't just happen. Yeah. There was an incredible Mm -hmm. plan. I mean, just masterful, Mm -hmm. strategic, Mm -hmm. step by step. We will pull down one and Mm -hmm. we will pull down the next. And eventually we will get to Brown versus the Board of Education. Mm -hmm. And it, it... it was mind blowing. Yeah. And I think that's that's what I'm hearing from you. Absolutely. What's the plan? Yeah. What's the plan of transformation and action? Um, because there's an entire community out there who's waiting on us to, to do that. You know, mm-hmm. we and I say this all the time. We talk so much about the folks on the left, right? But then we argue on the left where you're not progressive enough, oh or you're God, not liberal yes. enough, right? And with these myopic concepts, somebody said, Well, I'm not voting for you because you you're not progressive because you ran Victoria's campaign. What? It was like, well, why don't we talk about my values a little bit and talk about, you know, my story and, you know, but then we have these folks on the right, right? We're not, we not even going to go there, right? But there's an entire world in the middle mm-hmm. who's not, who's never been engaged, who we've never knocked their doors because they don't fit the the the, 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 the structures of our door knocking plans. Mm-hmm. And they're just waiting. They're waiting for a leader to show up and say, you matter. Your story matters. I have needs. I have ideas, Right. Um, and that's just, you know, you know, when I win, my hope is to knock every door three times. Mm-hmm. I, I want to knock them. I want to I want to know the stories. I want to hear. I want to sit on the steps. I want to sit on the porches because that's what I've done for the majority of my career is listening to people's stories. We're all on a journey and we're all having these human experiences and many of us feel abandoned. Many of us feel alone. I lived that on the south side of Chicago. I've had my lights cut off. I've wondered where my next meal was coming from. Um, you know, I've, I've struggled through the, the education systems. I've struggled through a lot of these systems with limited support and told to figure it out. A lot of folks don't get told to figure it out, Mm -hmm. but there's an entire community who's just out here trying to just survive and figure it out. That's why I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so someone can be standing in the gap um, for them. Mm -hmm. What do you think your key priorities or your key interests might be? Because one of the things that happens is when you go in and you Mm -hmm. get some committee assignments and then you kind of pigeonholed at that mm-hmm. point. So mm-hmm. it's really important to think ahead of time, you know, mm-hmm. what do I want to achieve here? Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have an agenda. Mm-hmm. I don't have a policy agenda. Um, that's not my strength right now because I don't come from the legislature. My strength and focus is the community are the people. And I think personally, my experienced opinion, it'd be irresponsible of me to sit here and tell you what I think is important. I haven't talked to Jake or Lori, who I know that the three of them function as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't even like considered what would my freshman year look like. I haven't held a focus group. I haven't had a conversation with a single person outside of the PCOs in this community about the needs that they have and that they would want my agenda to be. Mm-hmm. So if I came in with an agenda, it'd be my agenda. And I don't want to give you my agenda. We know what the issues and the concerns are in this community. It's nothing new. We know housing is a problem. Look, four people were just murdered on the east side, right? And I'm going to be honest with you, Ev. Excuse me. I got a little comfortable. No, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. I was there. Catherine Ishka was there. 
Mary Woodis was there. Where were our legislators? Right. They weren't there. Right. And my hope, my hope is to is to be that legislator that's there Mm -hmm. when things like this are plaguing communities. Mm -hmm. The east side is frequently forgotten about, not thought of. I want to ensure that they they never feel alone. I, I, I want to do that. I want to work in partnership with Catherine. I want to work in partnership with Victoria and the, excuse me, Mayor Wooders and mm-hmm. the other the, the other councilmen to ensure that the people in this community feel safe and feel cared for. Um, so so no, I don't have okay. I don't have a, a set agenda. I want to get in there. Um, and and see what it's like. I want to uh, be in community with the people and see what they want, mm-hmm. and let some of them lead the way. Mm-hmm. So the Senate is, a, in my experience, mm-hmm. working with uh, senators, which was kind of a negative experience, to be honest with mm. you. Um, Why was it a negative experience? It was the first time that I that I kind of moved outside of my little. Um, bubble of optimism. Mm. I thought people who got elected wanted to solve problems. (laughs) Really. You know, wanted good government, wanted to solve problems. And what I found talking to a few of the senators was that there was a lot of um, petty Mm. spitefulness. Mm. Like, hey, I'm not going to I'm not going to move that bill forward if it if it helps this other senator Mm -hmm. because I hate him. Mm -hmm. And I just Mm -hmm. thought, really? Mm -hmm. I didn't think I feel so stupid. I was like, I didn't think adults people act acted like, people. like that still. I mean, I thought you'd get <laughs> yeah. past that after like age seven or something. <sighs> but so how would you go into this? I mean, and I guess what I'm particularly interested in is like going into this not entirely new arena for you, because I know you've been involved with various legislative activities, but um, what are your worries about going into this arena that is very political and very partisan. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have a worry in the world. Really? Absolutely not. I'm exactly who I say I am. Uh-huh. I'm a relational person. I'm a thoughtful person. I'm very clear. My yes is my yes. My no is my no. Um, I'm driven. I'm compassionate. I'm thoughtful. I ask the right questions. So I know without a shadow of a doubt, I'm going to be a bridge builder. I know that I'm going to be able to create relationships and and, uh, connect people to resources, um, ask those tough questions, and hold people accountable. And the only way you can hold people accountable is if there's transparency and trust. And that's what I'm going to be, a transparent leader, and I'm going to do the work to build trust. Okay. Let's take a short break there, and when we come back, we'll talk more about problems and kind of what the process is from this point. Okay. This is Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 show Nerd Farmer, and this episode is sponsored by Pacific Lutheran University. If we've learned anything from the last two years, it's that the future is unpredictable, which is why education, and higher education in particular, should equip students with the ability to be flexible and innovate. Students should leave college with the determination needed to understand a problem and explore solutions. And they need a spark of creativity so they can find new ways to turn their smart ideas into reality. But these traits and skills can only be set into motion by one thing, transformative care. Pacific Lutheran University is a small private college where caring means more than kindness and consideration. It means bold commitment to expanding well-being, opportunities, and justice. And just let me add an amen to that. Caring helps us all to question paradigms and draw new connections in pursuit of truth, constantly challenging ourselves and the world we love to be better for our neighbors, those down the street, and thousands of miles away. PLU is more than a campus full of individuals pursuing their dreams. 
It's a community of seekers, trailblazers, creators, and reformers who know we can accomplish more together than apart. To apply, schedule a campus visit, or learn more about PLU's undergrad and graduate programs, please visit plu.edu. Okay, we're back. Hey, before we get back into this discussion, which I think is a really good discussion, <laughs> um, I want to say if you're not yet a member of Channel 253, please consider joining us. It's uh, very reasonable, $4 a month or $40 a year, and you will be supporting these local discussions and local conversations that are so important uh, because they're not always accessible, and we help make them so. Um, plus, you get access to our member Slack channel and Doug's wonderful off-the-record podcasts, and those are fun, too. So please join us. So Desiree, tell me, in your view, and I, and I do hear you saying you don't have your own agenda yet because you want to talk to people, but mm -hmm. from your point of view, what are the two or three maybe the biggest, most immediate issues facing the 27th Legislative District that mm -hmm. we just have to make a priority? Uh, you know, I think uh, more accessible, affordable housing is is huge. Um, I've never lived in a place where um, tent cities are so prevalent. Right. Um, I'm not just concerned about ensuring that people have a place to stay, but I'm concerned about the other systems that are in place to give folks the support they need, mm -hmm. like mental health services, right? Um, access to resources, you know, like public aid, right? Access to, to health care um, services. Um, so that's a, a huge concern for me. Um, also... Um, uh, the, the the mental health services and the number of beds that are available um, is is a huge <laughs> a curiosity for me. It's like how many beds do we need, mm -hmm. and then wh who how are we gonna get them? Mm -hmm. Let's let's get them right. <laughs> like let's just address what the obstacles to progress are now, and then uh, take the the necessary steps. So those are the two kind of things that are. Um, at the base of just my heart when I'm driving around and just mm -hmm. having casual conversation with my colleagues and friends um, that either serve or lead in some capacity in this community. Mm -hmm. Do you have any ideas now on sort of what what you might what what might help with some of these problems, mm -hmm. or is it more a matter of um, the opportunity to dig in and talk with people and really figure it out? I appreciate that. I think it's more of the, for me the opportunity to dig in and figure out because I don't have all the yeah. answers, but I do know who who should be at the table. I know the leaders in this community. Um, I know the community leaders. I know the folks who have been already doing the work and, and trying to think it through. And then how do we connect those folks, right, mm -hmm. and create one table, right, mm -hmm. one conversation um, so that we can make just one giant step together? Because at the end of the day, we all hope this one thing to be true, that we want folks to be able to have the, the opportunity to have access, right, to mm -hmm. affordable housing. Now, we may dif differ on how to get there, but if we just remember this one thing that we're all kind of striving for and agree that the steps may be a little funky along the way, what's just the one next step that we can take together? That next step could just be convening a space to just get it out. Mm -hmm. What have we done that hasn't worked? What is there still left to do? What are we missing? Is it really an obstacle or is it just because we don't want to do it? Mm -hmm. um, so th those are the types of conversations I want to have. Mm -hmm. That sounds good. So you're in now. You're one of three nominees. I'm in it. What happens next? I win. <laughs> if you do, do you keep your job? Do you keep the consulting going? Yes, absolutely. The consulting is uh, is my bread and butter. Yeah. <laughs> it's how it's how I I live and breathe. And um, I have an amazing platform right now. Um, I have um, three folks on my team. 
um, who are young and amazing and bright, and uh, they are being trained to step up in a way um, that I'm just going to need them to be able to facilitate yeah. and and carry on the 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 mission. <laughs> and they are doing phenomenal. I'm so excited to see them just grow and bud and. Um, be little extensions of me in their own way. So uh, the hope is to is to grow the the agency so that um, I can dig my hands into some other things. Good. Well, and that was my next question was do you do you have the support you need to be successful doing this? And I'll say this because, you know, uh, as a candidate, you know, everyone says, you know, oh, we're so excited, we're so enthusiastic, can't wait, can't wait. Mm-hmm. But they very rarely write a check, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of mm-hmm. people who say the words, but they don't actually mm-hmm. follow it up with mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think it's clear that, you know, uh, one of my, Yasmin has the the support of the legislature because that's where she works. She should have the support. Yeah. I'd be very concerned if she didn't, right? right? If she yeah. didn't. Uh, but I have the support of the people here, right here in the community, mm-hmm. uh, right here in the streets of Tacoma. Uh, right here on the east side, right? Um, and um, that feels good, you know, to to folks who, you know, walk up and down the streets of, of our community who go to the, you know, I see them at the east side community center when mm-hmm. Junior's swimming or um, I see, I play uh, a flute in the wind ensemble at Tacoma Community College or there, right? So in all of these, I sit on the board of the symphony. So in all of these spaces, right, where we are, I see them and they see me and they and they have my back and I and I have their support. And so um, but at the end of the day, whether we have the support of the legislators, whether we have the support of the community doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Right now, we need the support of four county council members (laughs) uh, to to make that that call to action Mm -hmm. to appoint. And when when do they have their meeting on the 2nd of November? So that's next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Coming up. Mm hmm. What are you doing in the meantime? I mean, do you, have you made contact with them? I assume you have made contact with them. Yeah, I've made contact with them. What can you them. do to sort of... You know, I, I'm going to be honest, you know, because I am my own boss and, you know, I, I have a, a client load, I don't have the freedom to, yeah. you know, when I call through the PCO list, I've, I only called maybe three times, I only talked to maybe 25 folks. And of those 25 folks, I was able to get uh, 20 votes. I don't have the capacity to, to you know, uh, do that. I knocked doors one time mm-hmm. um, and, and it was able to get a, a handful of folks on the team. But at the last minute, you know, trying to move clients around so I can run for Senate is not something I'm committed to doing. Right. My focus is my clients. Yeah. I absolutely want to win and absolutely, you know, I'm doing the work to win. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I facilitate twice this week um, right. for our trainings. You know, I'm a single mom. And, you know, Junior knows I'm running for the Senate. And every day he goes, Mommy, did you win? <laughs> did you win yet, Mommy? Uh, but he also says, what's for dinner? Right. right. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yes, I'm, I'm doing the work. Um, I have the support and, and really my focus is, you know, this big pile of laundry that I have, uh, sitting in the middle of my, my bedroom floor. (laughs) So in between, you know, cleaning and and being domestic and and working, I am trying to run a campaign Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get Mm -hmm. those, uh, four, four council members to say yes to me. Good job. Mm -hmm. Well, and that brings me, so let's assume they do. Mm -hmm. Then you have to jump into campaign mode. Yes. And I know you've worked on a lot of campaigns. Uh-huh. So are you comfortable oh being my the, God. the candidate? Yes, I'm comfortable. I'm excited. I'm eager. I've already been thinking about te- my team. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already I've said I've made it very clear I plan to knock 
every door three times. I am committed to doing that. I'm going to raise the money to do it. I I am very confident I'm going to be a viable candidate. Um, I have really uh, uh, worked in, in, in the land for the last, you know, 10 years here in Tacoma for the last five. So, you know, I, I have leadership tomorrow, um, su- you know, support from mm-hmm. leaders in Seattle who are already saying, how much do I need to write? Right. <laughs> and I have the support of my ALF community here in Tacoma. Again, what support do you need, Desiree? Tell tell me what my position is. And so um, I appreciate that. I already have colleagues from, you know, great environmental organizations like, you know, Climate Solutions. That is not an endorsement. I just uh, mm-hmm. work uh, closely with them, um, you know, in other environments. Listen, the community have said, you know, I'm going to have a cot in your office mm-hmm. <laughs> to help you uh, write the, these policies that we need to, to move uh, issues like climate justice forward. So I'm excited about yeah. working in part partnership with people I've been working alongside with for the last five to 10 years here in in Washington. So it's going to be great. And I know how to run a fun campaign. So it's going to be a lot of fun. That sounds pretty good. So looking back on the last 20 days, (laughs) what's your takeaway? I mean, what do you think of this whole thing? I think my greatest takeaway is I have a deep yearning to be in community and connected um, to the black leadership in this community. I just, I I never want to be in a position again where I'm wondering and curious about what's our next step as a community. I know that spaces already exist like the Black Collective. We know all the places. Um, but I just want a, a connectedness in a new and different way. And I don't know what it looks like. I know what, I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones. Um, and I've, I've had this conversation with so many people. Um, so I know that I, I don't feel I'm not alone in, in this feeling. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. But th- but that's that's the, the biggest takeaway for me is just a deep yearning to be an authentic community mm-hmm. um, with other black leaders to figure out what is our plan? Mm-hmm. What what what's what's the next step? What 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 are the spaces that we want to take over and thrive in for mm-hmm. the the sake of the greater community? Um, and it's <laughs> and I'm not going to shy away from that feeling. You know, more often than not, white people will ask then, well, can you work with everyone? Right. If you're so focused on the black community, can you? You know, I had knocked a door on the north side, and he said, well, what about the north end? Uh-huh. Like, can she can she do so? What's she going to do for us on the north end? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I, I wonder why both can't be true. Why can't I have this desire, this deep desire and passion to serve my people who have frequently been marginalized, consistently been marginalized for hundreds of centuries since, <laughs> since being brought here mm-hmm. against our will. Right. Mm-hmm. The black excellence from Africa that was brought here. Uh, against their will. I should be able to have a deep passion for ensuring that systems are in place for for our families to be safe and our families to have access to opportunities and yours. Why can't both be true? Well, and and I'll say, I mean, I think this is a very hard issue for white people to talk about, but it's the problem is, is that when white people have had the opportunity to make their communities strong, Mm -hmm. that often means excluding others. Right. So their Absolutely. experience of hearing, I want to take care of my community and mm-hmm. make it strong, feels exclusionary. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what you're saying is a community, if this community thrives, all, all the thrive. community thrives. Absolutely. And that's a fundamental difference. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I think I think that, you know, 
I guess it's a it's a learning opportunity. It's like mm-hmm. if you hear someone say, I want to make sure my community, be it the indigenous community, mm-hmm. black community, Asian community, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I want to put them at the center and make sure they thrive. Mm-hmm. If that makes you feel threatened, why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? And, and that's just the question I want people to ask is why? Why is it that um, someone else's story of, of of being an immigrant woman is more palatable than my story of being an African-American woman. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that more palatable? Um, why is there a need and desire for me to share a story that's just filled with sadness and sorrow so that folks can feel good that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I shouldn't have to, if, if you, if you're curious about who I am, ask me, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to share a story of trauma to make you feel good about my blackness. Like, I, I refuse to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and even through this process, I don't know if you were uh, on the call the first um, um, session we had where the, the candidates were, were able to speak. Or was it the first one or the second one? When the question was posed to Tafana and I, you know, are you able to, yes. you know, yes. right? You know, are you able to kind of holster your passion a little bit so you can talk to everyone? Yeah. You know, and she says, that's not what it was meant to do. You know, that's not what it, what I meant. But the reality is it was the impact of what happened and that, that was just the impact. And it's like, what, uh, what? ouch, first of all, that's yeah. A. But then B, you know. A lot of the candidates, me, Tafana, and Lamont, had to first spend our our five the first three minutes of our five minute talk moving people past the fact that we were black, right, right, and then talk about the the way in which we can show up authentically black as leaders and yeah. still lead, and it's just like this constant like, you know, trying to use a platform to pull people in. Mm-hmm. Right. To this this concept of, you know, black folks can lead. Right. Mm-hmm. And are qualified. Right. Um, but there's also this constant like I have to prove myself. Yeah. I'm 40. Mm-hmm. I am degreed. I am well traveled. I am cultured. Mm-hmm. I'm done with that. I'm done proving myself. I'm done trying to make you think that I'm good enough. I'm a good enough Negro uh, to 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 lead in your space. This is our space. And whether you tolerate me or not, whether you like me or not, I am going to lead because that's what I was created to do. Mm-hmm. And I want to lead in partnership with you. I don't want us to be um, at two opposite ends at the table waving our, waving our fingers at each other. I want us to be in community. My theory of change is about how do we change harmful behavior so that we can be an authentic community with each other. We are all on the same journey, having human experiences, and we have needs of each other. I heard a bishop say, it's not that we don't have enough food. It's that we don't have enough compassion. We don't have enough love. There is enough resources out here for everyone. Who is going to take the lead and say, yes, that is true? Now, how do we, how do we disperse? How do we give? How do we share? And I just, I want to be that leader. Mm-hmm. So, you didn't ask me all that, but I get no. it. <laughs> I kind of did. I may have lost some votes today. <laughs> no, I mean, the only way through this with your health and yourself intact is yeah. to be you. Yeah. Right? You got to be. Yeah. You got to be. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Oh, my goodness. It's because everyone's going to tell you, if you want to get this, you need mm-hmm. to change that. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that you've already figured out to say, you know, screw that, I'm me. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. healthy. Yeah. And good. I, I do great work. I'm a... I'm a good person. You are a musician. I'm a musician. You I'm are thoughtful. a friend. Yes. You are a daughter, mm-hmm. a mother, a 
pillar of this community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got it. I receive it. So, final thoughts for you? For me? From mm-hmm. me, final thoughts? Final you know, thoughts from you. Anything we haven't talked about that you want to get out there? You know, my hope for folks is that, you know, we really can just together make one giant step for the greater good of the community. And when I think about the arson that took place at the Muslim Center, when I think about these four people that lost their lives on the east side, this stuff right here just doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. People are suffering, and people are waiting on leadership. They're waiting on authentic, um, compassionate, and thoughtful leadership. And the other two candidates are great and wonderful, but I strongly believe that I am that leader. And whether I lead now or lead later, um, I'm going to lead. But my hope is that people um, choose themselves first. Because when you secure your oxygen mask, then you can help others. Mm -hmm. And that we all do the internal work necessary so we can just show up and be better. Better to each other and better to the people we serve. And understand that our very work plans, the things that we sit up and, uh, and think about, wake up and go to sleep about every night thinking about these things, People's lives are affected by it. Whether or not people have access to resources depend on some of our work plans. And it's nice and fun to say that you're a leader. It's nice and fun to, to show up to events and, you know, and, and have people loving on you and lifting you up. But it doesn't matter if there's still people who are suffering under your leadership. Um, and so I, I just hope that, including myself, we all just take a step back and be a little more introspective in how we show up. Um, to each other. And I hope we show up with a little more compassion, a little more honesty, and a little more desire to be transformed. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the work that you do every day helps with that. You know, if you can get the businesses thinking and acting, that's a big, big win. Mm -hmm. And if you get this, you will have the platform you need to fly even higher. I receive it. All right. Thank Thank you you so much, Desiree. And we will see what happens next week when the county council meets and makes a decision on who will be appointed to the Senate seat. Absolutely. This is great. All right. Thank you. Did you know Channel 253 is member supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com slash membership and join. Thank you. Crossing Division is part of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Art Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B Team, Citizen Tacoma, What Say You, and Gimme the Mic. This is Channel 253.